0: great faith, the ability to see what is but it's not of the natural so do you look at the natural or the unnatural meaning the supernatural do you see most of your time seeing the natural the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God exists now It has done for 2,000 years since Jesus came. He said, you need a mindset shift because my kingdom, turn, repent, because my kingdom is at hand. His kingdom is a whole different reality to the natural world. And we're gonna look at a woman who had great faith. Great faith. It's so exciting. I'm so excited by what he gave me. He gave me this probably about a year ago, and I've just been sitting on it and sitting on it and letting it brew. And um, last week we looked at, and we're looking at faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. And so if you weren't with us last week, I'd just say go listen. You'll get context because every word is building upon a precept. Every message is building upon another message. These are not individual messages just out there individualistic. They are individual messages into one meal. And faith, hope, and love, if you add all that together, and the journey of that produces maturity. And God is coming back for a mature people because they have seen and heard and lived from the kingdom, His kingdom. Do we comprehend this stuff? Do you comprehend that there is another world on this planet that we're to be eating and living from? See, if you don't, you need to be arrested today because it's for us. We're not to be people of this earth. We live on the earth, but we're not people of the earth. We're people of heaven living on the earth, correct? This woman was an ambassador from heaven on the earth and she's a Gentile she knew something didn't she she tapped into a resource that was available in Christ and then it happened because of her faith her great faith her ability to see and act. So action comes from what I see. If I can't see it, I can't act upon it. Money is the currency of earth, isn't it? If I don't have any money, I can't buy goods and services. I can't interact with what's on the earth. I don't have. If I don't have money, I have nothing. I will probably die unless someone helps me. So money is the currency of this earth. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. If I don't have faith, currency, I can't tap into what exists. I can't draw from the invisible and pull it into the natural. I will live in unbelief if I don't have faith. I will be faithless. I'm not a bad person, God still loves me and he's waiting for me to realise there's more for me and for me to step into through his leading. I love, fall at your feet. That's where this is found. It's not found in running around trying to do it yourself. It's not found in running around trying to create it. It's found falling at his feet saying, Lord, one of great mercy... Isn't that what they all yelled out? Son of David, have mercy on me. They knew their true state. They knew how blind they were. They knew how wretched they were and their inability to enter into. So they cry out, one of great mercy, please help, for I am blind. But God wants to take the blind and give sight, doesn't he? He said to his disciples, blessed are you for you see and hear. Luke says that he wants to open, he had to open the minds of the two men on the road to Emmaus. God has to do the work of opening up this realm so we can see. So when we're at his feet, Ollie's prayer, it's a desperation. Can you hear the desperation? I hope you can hear the desperation, not the frustration. I'm not frustrated. People say, Greg, you sound frustrated. I'm desperate. Don't confuse the two. It's a desperation. Because sight brings desperation. That's an earnest prayer. And Peter, they prayed for Peter earnestly and the angel came and got him released. How is our prayer? Is it earnestly praying? It's a desperation. It's a despair because of what you can see, but it's a prayer of life. And here's this woman, a nobody in the eyes of the world, a dog, scum. I can't wait, so I better get there. And I'm just going to give you some three things. We know what faith is from words out of the word, okay? Faith is the assurance of what we hope for, the conviction of what is the unseen things, okay? But here are some other ways of describing that faith is seeing the unseen. Faith is. Is the ability to see into this unseen realm that's seen. The demonics saw it, didn't they? They knew who Jesus was. So it's a realm of the Spirit. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to see the realm of the Spirit, receive from it, live from it, even though we're on earth. Faith. Okay, faith manifests the future in the present. Noel Mendoza said that staff meeting. I'm grabbing that and I'm going to nick it and share it. And he said I could. (laughs) Faith manifests the future in the present. Future's now, it's not in the future. See, we live, oh, yeah, one day we're not. No, no, it's now. See, we need to be apprehended from this mindset. Repent, and you have a mindset, because we think, oh, when to get there? No, no, it's now. So yes, it's there, but now. Okay? How about this one? Faith gives us a reference point for what's in front, not behind. Faith gives us sight, gives us a reference point for what's in front, not behind. You see, if you can't see in front, we're always looking Behind. We're always going back to the last time God spoke. Good. What about in front? What about what's completely in front of us? Press on. Lift up your eyes. Set your mind on the things above, for that's where Christ is seated, not on the earth. Great faith sees and has a reference point for what's in front. What's the picture of your finish line? Okay, come with me to Hebrews eleven, thirteen, fourteen. Just a reference for this. Hebrews eleven, thirteen, to fourteen it says this: all these died in faith. Okay, these being the people of Hebrews eleven, all the people of Hebrews eleven died in faith, with sight, without receiving the promises but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. All these people died with sight without receiving the promises. Hold on, Abraham received the promise on earth, didn't he? Yes. So what promises is he talking about that he hasn't yet received? The future ones. And then it says they received them. So they received the promise of a son, Isaac. He received he was the father of faith. Yes. But there were more promises that they hadn't received physically, but received them in the spirit, which meant they had the power and the life of the future promises in God had the faith to see it, received it. They were living from that reality. So that reality aligns them to walk in the manner in which they can see, which means you reprioritize your life because you can see the future now. Then you say this, having confessed of being strangers and exiles on the earth. You see, when you get the future promises reality now, you confess, I'm no longer of this earth because I'm moving towards something far greater. The Bible says a country of their own. It unhooks you from the kingdom of darkness. It unhooks you from this planet. It unhooks you from the ways because you have faith, great faith to see your identity, your purpose, God's purpose, what we're moving towards. This is so far great compared to this little speck of reality on earth. This is what they're saying. So all these people had faith. And by this faith, the Bible says they were approved. Before Jesus was, it was this faith that approved them. Wow. This is the same faith that this woman and Matthew had. Rahab is mentioned here. She was a harlot. She has great faith. Aren't you grateful that your sin and your stuff doesn't disqualify you? See, there's no more of an excuse. Oh, I'm just a human. Eh? Oh, I'm struggling with this. Eh? Doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. See, we've got to realize Jesus died for that stuff. I'm not saying we don't acknowledge it, but it doesn't stop you. Because it's of the spirit realm. You're of the spirit. You've been given the spirit as a deposit to be able to see in the spirit, hear in the spirit. As you do that, that stuff just fades away. Because this is so great compared to this stuff. The only reason we hang on to that stuff is because we don't see this stuff. The only reason why you'd eat wine, plain biscuits, is because you haven't yet discovered chit-chats. As soon as you discover a cold chit-chat with a glass of milk, someone else can buy the super wine biscuits. I'm going for the chit-chats. But the chit-chats are more expensive, aren't they? I don't care. Why? Because I've tasted the chit-chat, seen the chit-chat, received the chit-chat, know how good the chit-chat feels inside, trumps the super wines. Hear what I'm saying? Cost goes out the window. All that goes out the window because what you've seen trumps all that stuff. It's like, man, that's nothing compared to that. I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to get that. Why? Because I saw it. And this is this woman. Jesus was always foretelling the future. Have you noticed that? But they couldn't hear. And then they heard. He's constantly telling you God tells us the future. If you want to know what God's plan is, then God has given you the manual. But the Holy Spirit must reveal the manual because the manual is not Hebrew, the manual is not Greek. It is not English, it's spirit. And God is spirit. It's the spirit of truth. So it's just about trying to intellectualize the words in a certain language. No, it's hear the frequency of the spirit and you'll hear the word. And then you'll see and hear and receive this life. And Jesus was always foretelling the future. He says, I'm going to die. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. He says, you're going to deny me. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Did it happen? Why couldn't he hear it? Because he was in his own head. Why couldn't he see it? Because he was in his own head. What he was hearing didn't align. You see, you can forever hearing and not hear a thing. And you can always be seeing and never see a thing. So you have to hear and see in the spirit. If they would caught that at that particular time, man, wouldn't have had all the issues. But what they miss is Jesus says, yes, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised up. Why do we always hear the bad news and miss the good news? Because we're in our own head. See, there's a promise that comes. It's prophetic. You know, you can't change the prophetic reality of God. If God says it, it's going to happen. You can't pray against it. It's going to happen. So he tells us the future so we can know the future now. Why? So we can be getting ready. And on the alert. Will you be ready and alert when your master comes, or will you be found running around trying to get ready and alert? So we can know the future now. That is good news. It's whether we want to. That's the challenge, isn't it? That's the tension. And we want to be a church that wants to know the future now, but not just want to know in our spirit, our flesh will actually get taken over by the Spirit so we won't be found out where Jesus said your spirit's willing but your flesh is weak. Why can't you pray with me? Because you want to but your flesh is your dominant because you're living from the kingdom of the world and I came to bring you into the kingdom of God. So you could pray and then work out what you pray. You would have a desire and desire would be fulfilled, accomplished because you live from another realm because you can see it. You have Great faith. Who are the two people? I've given you one. Who was the other person that had great faith? The Centurion. the Is an Israelite? He too, was a Roman soldier, a Gentile. So these two people that Jesus says you have great faith are not from bloodline. They're not Israelites or Jews. Wow, that's interesting. And yet the Bible says that you're a Jew if you have a circumcision of the heart. In Romans 2, go have a look. It says being a Jew has nothing to do with the physical and it has everything to do with the spiritual. Those who are circumcised of the heart are the true Jews. Haven't got time to go there this morning, but that's something for you to grab hold of and run with. Because there's truth in that that God wants to bring you into. Because we say this, the Jews are the chosen people. And we somehow put them up as this elite class and we're secondary, don't we? So you're not chosen. Is that what you're saying? They're chosen, you're not. Is that what we're saying? Because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I was chosen before the foundations of the world. Before Paul was an Israelite or a Jew, he was chosen before the... He wasn't an Israelite Jew, woman, man. This is about a way of the Spirit. Before the beginning of time, God saw and chose. The Bible says this has nothing to do with a physical law, but everything to do with the law of faith. I'm not saying that Jews aren't chosen. I'm saying I'm chosen. You're chosen. Together we're to be one people. Of what? The law? No, the spirit. The spirit of what? Faith. That's why this woman and the Gentile and other people, Rahab, harlots, can tap into a realm that has always been on planet earth from the beginning of time. It's called the realm of the spirit. It's being able to draw currency, resource from above and pull it into the now. That's why David's able to eat bread that was consecrated for priests and not die. Think about that one. He breaks the law. You should be dead when you break the law. He doesn't die. He's able to eat bread, consecrated for priests. Then he turns around and says, hey boys, you're all hungry. Why don't you have some too? And they all partake of something that in theory breaks a law. And when you broke the law, you were killed. God praises them. What David, Is he mentioned in Hebrews 11, Yeah, he is. Doesn't go into great detail. Says, David, boom. He's a man of what? Faith. You see, it only takes one man to activate heaven and others can receive. How cool is that? God looks for people to activate, to tap into this realm and be able to draw from it through the power of the Spirit. Not through their ability to then declare reality and invite others into the same reality. See, this messes with us because we've been taught that we're limited. But how many people know God is limitless? He never started with the way we were. We look through the physical and try and figure it out physically. God started, has always started from faith. He says, the only reason I put a law in place was to lead you to me. Once you found me, you don't need this thing because it was supposed to bring you to your knees. But it was never the first part of God's heart, was it? He started the laws and the Jews till 430 years later. Because we couldn't handle relationship. Because we abused relationship. Mankind abused relationship. So God had to put something in place to help us. But his heart was always faith, relationship, love. And this woman understands something. Because we've been granted to know the mystery. So let's go to Matthew fifteen. Are you ready? Yeah. Come on, man. Are we ready? I'm gonna probably take off, so <laughs> Matthew fifteen twenty one. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed, but he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. I'm going to read this and I'm going to pull apart verse by verse. That's funny the eh? way. Go away. <laughs> but he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Fascinating. But she came and began to bow down before him. Fascinating. Saying, Lord, help me. Fascinating. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Jesus calls her a dog. But she said, yes, Lord, but even the dog's feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Fascinating. Then Jesus said to her, "O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Go back to verse 21. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. Mark says he didn't even want to be known he was there. So Jesus didn't want to be known he was there. So that's against her right from the bat. He's going, I'm going to have some time out, and I don't want anyone to know that I'm here. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, son of David! You see, we can know Jesus, and we can know Jesus. She's got a knowledge of Christ that is able. To, gonna, we're going to see she taps into a realm because of a knowledge of Christ. She identifies Him. You're the Son of David. I know who you are, Lord, because I can see. See, this is before the encounter. She's seeing Jesus is about to say it, but she's already in it. So she's already got sight. She's not worried she's a Canaanite, the scum of the earth. Her ancestors were anti-Israelites. the They were in war together. But she doesn't let that hold her back. She's got a gender issue going on here. She's a female. Females didn't go before the Lord, before a man, and start petitioning for stuff. They were second-class people. Get back there. What are you doing here? She's not letting that get in the way. The political issues, the gender issues, what about she's not even an Israelite? She doesn't let any of that stop her. Why? Because she's got something on the inside of her called great sight. And she's going to tap into the currency of the kingdom that she's in from the beginning of time and knows about and receive. Did she receive? Ooh, this is some woman. Don't mess with a powerful woman like this. Then she says, have mercy on me. Have you ever prayed that? Really prayed it. Mercy, for I am a wretched sinner, destined to hell. Have mercy on me. Mercy, mercy. She's got a reference, and it's a powerful reference. She's got a reference from where she's from and where she's going. She knows just how powerfully she's been saved and what for. And it's this that brings her before him. Have mercy on me, son of David, for my daughter is demon-possessed, but he did not answer her a word. He's rude. We would consider that rude today, wouldn't we? He ignores her. Jesus ignores you probably sometimes. Why? Because he's trying to draw you. Maybe what we're asking is not in him. Maybe it's in us so he ignores us. Waiting for a prayer that's in alignment to his will. Rather than our will. And sometimes he does because he's so good. But that's not his first place heart position, is it? So he does that to bring us over to his first place position. But he ignores this woman. Why? Because he doesn't really want to know anyone to know he's there. He wants some time out, does he? Just chill. So he doesn't answer her. Then his mates jump in, called the disciples, and they implored him, saying, Send her away. They're so passionate about the wrong thing. They're not worshipping him saying, mercy, have mercy on us, Lord. They're saying, get her out of here, man. She's encroaching in our time with you. She's a pain. She's loud. She's in our face. We want to sit down and have a meal. Tell her to go away. That's love, isn't it? No, that's lust. That's self. Doesn't stop her, though. She just goes, Egh. who are you listening to? Who do you listen to? What voices cause you to stop and almost be paralyzed in fear? His or our adversaries or ourselves? Remember, there is a kingdom to be realized and to live in and live from and to receive. There's only one voice. My sheep hear my voice. Be careful how you listen. Be careful who you listen to and what you listen to. Because my sheep hear my voice. She's not listening to them. But she came and began to bow down before him. This is a posture of kingdom. To come and bow down before him because she knows at the same time, she knows who she is in the physical. She's got that reality. She's a female. She's, she's a Canaanite. She's from the sinful place. All these things are against her. So she's reacting from a physical and a humble, but even though she knows who she is. You see, there's always the duality with God and you've got to be in the both positions that then merge into one. The Lord said, I am one. And the power is in the one. But you must see the two. You must be able to see the two. You understand what I mean? There's always the duality. If you base your life on a part, it's not the full truth. If Jesus had listened to the enemy in Luke 4, it says, go throw yourself off, okay, and the angels will catch you. Is that true? Yes. Was the enemy using scripture? Yes. It just wasn't revealed. It was Logos. What did Jesus say? No. It also says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Ah, gotcha. Heard the lie that you used scripture to try and confound me, to do something I wasn't supposed to do, because I know my father, I discern and I hear that's a truth, but it's not the whole truth. Those together are the whole truth. He's sneaky, eh? So can you hear him? Or can you hear the other? Because he's gonna speak to you. He will lie to you. He will lie to you about others, he will lie to you about yourself. And so we need to be able to hear. And so she bows down this posture, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not good to take the children bread and throw it to the dogs. How do you become a child in God? Through man or through the spirit? John 1, 11 to 12, yes? Not by the will of man, but by the will of God. That's how we become children of God. Is she a child? Not sure. Funny if she's not because she receives something. And throw it to the dogs. And he just insults her. That's an insult. How would you feel if he said, No, you're a dog. Is he speaking physically or spiritually, which one? Yeah. So if you hear it all physically, he'd be out the door. <laughs> you know what they said to me? <laughs> what? No, you heard it wrong. Did you hear it wrong? Did you hear in the physical, not the spirit? Maybe you missed it completely and got the whole wrong perspective because your hearing was wrong. Maybe it was right. He goes on and says, But she said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus says, he's been calling her a dog. Then he says, oh, woman, your faith is great. There was an interaction. When I was when, when God showed me this, I was in the cafe. I remember it like this. I was reading it and it was like the spirit just came and it was like I saw a vision. And what I saw was as soon as she said that, Jesus' head snapped around. And it was like, whoosh. See, up until this point, he's saying, no, no, it's not, it's not for you. And she says these words, but even the dogs eat from their master's table. She knows who she is in the physical, but she knows who she is in the spirit. She knows she can access something because she is a child from a promise of not the law of faith. And that's what we're going to look at in Romans, to all the descendants of Abraham, not from bloodline, but through faith. So she knows she's a child. He all of a sudden goes, "Lady." I haven't heard this to the centurion of anyone in Israel. You have great faith. You see. And because of your sight and because of your boldness, which comes from sight, you're going to get what you ask for. That's pretty full on, isn't it? We're people of the Spirit. What does it say now to him? Who was able to do exceedingly abundantly in accordance to the power that lives where? In me. So God moves in exceedingly abundant measures according to this life in me. So she's got this incredible life. Paul said, I want the power. In me, I want this power. In we looked at that last week, he prays that you would be strengthened with power from within, so that you would know the contrasting magnitude of the love of God, it would be completely massive and it goes past understanding. So then you'd step. Into this realm, and you start receiving from this realm what you ask for. But you're asking in an alignment to my will. You're asking from the right heart motive because you've seen the real thing. No longer selfish prayers. That's why we're not beginning received. It's not itself less prayers because its prayers aligned to the Father's will, and He honors those prayers. And she has this incredible faith. Faith accesses kingdom resource He says you of little faith meaning you of little revelation you of little sight if you could see you would say to the mountain be moved be gone and it would be but you have little sight to see but his heart is to bring us into great sight I pray the eyes of your heart's sight would be enlightened to see in the knowledge of God so you would know who you are, receive who you are, and live as ambassadors upon this earth. Unfortunately, guys, we've taken this beautiful living word and reduced it to a crumb where we think it's about stepping over the line, and then we stay just over the line. And then we try and get other people to just step over the line. And so we're all just past the cross, we're not miles past the cross, into the kingdom life. It was John the Baptist that said repent, get rid of your sins, and Jesus said come on repent because my kingdom is at hand. It's a massive kingdom. It's about transformation and it's about at the end of that being perfect. And while we're getting there, you're going to walk in the manner in which I walked. You're going to love one another like I love you. You're going to have a joy and a peace and a freedom and a rest. You're going to have a power. You'll see signs and wonders, but you won't worship signs and wonders but you'll see them through your life. You won't make a ministry out of them. You'll just operate in them. You'll make your ministry on me. Because we can't see, we get all twisted up inside. And we've got all this dysfunction stuff going on. He's going, come on, it's about sight. This lady has great faith, and so she activates something. I'm just going to read this out. Great faith has nothing to do with physical genealogies or bloodlines laws or rules, nationality, color, culture, what gender you are, political views, or our fleshly struggles. This woman who is a Gentile taps into a spiritual dimension, the kingdom, which she is not supposed to be able to tap into, or is she? This entire encounter is about a woman who has of no importance or prestige or physical heritage, and yet she knows of a spiritual reality that she can access in Christ because of a promise, a promise of her faith sight. Come with me to Romans 4. Romans 4 verse 13. It says this. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law. Are you a descendant of Abraham? That's pretty cool news, right there, isn't it? An heir, not an heir, (laughs) but an heir, royalty. Didn't come through the law but through faith, the righteousness of faith. Then Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because in the gospel I know how right I am and this is being revealed from faith to faith to faith, sight to sight to sight, enhances how right I am to step into this realm of the kingdom. That's for us not just for Paul, us. That's why the man was found praying 24-7 in labor for us. There are people here in labor Wednesday morning for you. We're in labor giving birth in that room, 6.30 in the morning, about 25 people in labor for you. Praying and praying and asking God that he would unravel, unlock, do a move in our hearts. Praying for you. People get up early and come and pray for you. And I don't say that to make you feel guilty. I make that to to actually, one, make you aware of it, that the prayers are for you, and maybe to stir you you to want to come pray for them. See, this is what faith does. Faith, sight grabs a person and propels them into a realm not being held back by our flesh. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there also is no violation. Listen to this, verse 16. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace so that, there's that word again, guys, the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. All the descendants of Abraham, that woman knows her lineage. Not her physical lineage, that's pointless, that's worthless in the kingdom of God. She knows her spiritual line of the father Abraham. It's nothing to do with Jew, nothing to do with Gentile, nothing to do with male, nothing to do with female, nothing to do with culture, nationality, color, Everything to do with the Spirit Kingdom of God that she has seen, been born again, opened up, walked into, and is now entered into, and living in the currency of another realm that is on the earth. This is why His blood qualifies everybody. That's awesome, isn't it? Man, in this world, if you were black for so many years, so so many points in time, you were treated as a slave. If you were a different culture, the white man has treated other cultures with disgrace. In this world, it's horrible. In this world, you've got to look the right. You've got to sound right. You've got to have this education. You've got to have this gifting. You've got to be able to speak fluently, especially as a preacher. You've got to be able to do all these things, and otherwise you're disqualified. But not in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, color, race, physical line means nothing. You could have come from an absolute horrendous background. And yes, there are consequences of that, but that doesn't disqualify you from entering into this. And God wants to heal all that. Can you hear what I'm saying? What an invitation. What an invitation through faith. Faith, hope, and love. Aren't we so grateful that becoming a person of great faith, the ability to see the unseen, seeing the future, has nothing to do with anything of this physical realm. We don't have to create anything. We have to see what's in front of us and receive it and live it out. The doing that we have to do is in positioning. So we have to take a step and position ourselves and then do what he asks. That's a simple way. If you do what he asks, there's alignment and he'll come and do a work. That's it. He does the work, but you have to do what he's asking. We don't sit there and go, well, I'm waiting for him to do it. No, yeah, but he's actually saying do this. So this is what you can do. And I'll meet you in that. Not, I'm waiting for you to do it. No, he says, I've done it. I've already done it. I'm waiting for you to do your part. That's what I said before, resistance. You sit here resisting what he's, and sometimes you don't even realize it. He said, I've done it. Step in. Choose today whom you will serve. Choose today the reality that you are hearing. Great faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word. I love what Chris said. I get all my good stuff from other people. It's great. It's ultimately from God. Chris Reddington said this, We have to receive the truth and not just say yes to it. Greg, I agreed with everything you said today. And I leave unchanged. Well, Greg, I received what you said through my hunger and my desperation and God's power, and I leave changed. See, our natural flesh is just going, yeah, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that, and what? And I still look for more. It's like, no, no, that was the more. What happened was you believed it intellectually, but you haven't yet received it through the hearing of it. Faith, sight, comes from hearing, and hearing through the word. I'm just going to read you something that someone showed me on Friday, and it describes hearing the true word, which I think is a beautiful and brilliant description. If you want this, I can send it to you. I took a photo of it, so I'll just here we go. We can hear on two levels. We can hear the teaching being presented, and be fully engaged in note taking, and not hear him. So you can hear information, and that's not wrong, but it's not necessarily hearing him. Okay. Second position: know that underneath the teaching presented is a dialogue and spiritual transactions with the Holy Spirit, which occur when the word of God interacts with the inner ear, our spirit. It is those speaking points which we note down and muse and reflect upon. That's why when Paul said, I'm not a man of persuasive words, but I am a man who speaks words of wisdom. See, it's not about the information, it's about the revelation. I would just call this great faith, two words. But in trying to expand on that through information, but I go, if you really want to hear something today, you would hear great faith. Seize the unseen. So we have to ask ourselves is that my reality? And if it's not, it's okay. Doesn't make you a bad person. What he's saying is, do you want it because it's a reality for you? I've called to you to live by faith. Paul said, I live by faith in the Son of God. I no longer live, I live by faith. To no longer live, you have to have grabbed something to live by something else, yes? Faith is the vehicle, the currency that un- unhooks us. This woman had it. And it came through her ability to hear. But it's hearing of the Spirit. And that's what God's power is all about. Power to bring us into the realm of the Spirit and live from the realm of the Spirit. The Bible says the sons of God, what do they do? Walk in or by the Spirit. Romans 8. We are sons of God. This is our identity. We're called to walk and live by the Spirit, manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, not the deeds of the flesh, anger, jealousy, bitterness. No, the fruit of the spiritual kingdom called God that we're receiving and we're living in and from. Yes? So then what comes out of us is love because love is the greatest. See how these things thrings all connect up. So then as a challenge for us as a people, it's to enter into together, not on our own, not try and figure this out on our own, but to gather together in discipleship environments and contend for it together. Dialogue, wrestle, pray, encourage. Put your arm beside someone, around someone, hug them when they're hurting, going, it's going to be okay. Remember, we're living for something greater, even though we're going to acknowledge this now. But let's keep seeing him and keep our eyes on him, amen? So I hope that's encouraged you today. If you have any questions, come and dialogue. I pray these messages and these words and what we're saying is going to stir us up this year because remember, I truly believe it's a year of acceleration. I know that. I've got a conviction of that. God's moving and he's going to move powerfully in our hearts as we just relinquish control and position ourselves and do what he asks, amen? So Father, thank you for today. Thank you for another opportunity, Spirit of God, to speak and to declare this living realm, this future realm that's now, for us now, God. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you that you have and are saving us into the process of salvation, maturity, perfection, that we may be this uh, completed work, Father, and be ambassadors here on the earth that represent uh, you and your ways, your kingdom from, firstly, truth. Father, help us today, strengthen us today, awaken us today, that's what's required. But Lord, we love you, we love each other, and together as one family, may we move forward as one God, not looking behind, but looking ahead, and trusting in others that see when we don't have sight. Father, for we are one. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.